Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm gloriously exhausted but refreshing. <laughs> You're gloriously exhausted but refreshing. That's right. I'm trying to get better at the games. <laughs> you're, you're working on it, right? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the games are over, as you well know. Uh, we're in cleanup mode right now. Yes, we are. And uh, and and it it's great. It's it great. Is. It really is. Um, it's exhausting, as you said, but it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned the games being over. You know, one of the things that I look back on the games at, with fondness, really, is I just think about how we were literally surrounded for two full weeks of people who just seem to get it. They, yeah. They're they doing do. it right in so many ways. They've they're, embraced active life wholeheartedly. Really? It, it just fully, fully mm-hmm. uh, engaged in the active life. And, and that got me thinking a little bit about longevity yeah, and how we can achieve it. And, uh, you know, there, there's lots of pieces to that puzzle well, and everyone's, I, let me just, I do know the secret to longevity. What is it? Just don't die. Just don't die. Live just, longer, right? Live longer. If you just don't die. You have longevity. There you go. For sure. Uh, everyone's journey on, uh, on that goal of living longer is going to be different. <laughs> That's you right. Know? And there's lots of components uh, today. I want to talk a little bit, Jeff, about the diet part of that okay. process. Yep. Um, all this comes from health.com in an article that was written by Cynthia Sass. And, and here's the thing. I think we all want to live longer, right? Well, yeah. But it's not just living longer. We want to live better and as well. The quality of life, right? Yeah. We want to have good mental health. We want to have good physical uh, wellness. We want to have the ability to be active and independent, especially as we age. And all of that is possible, but it does take some conscious decisions. Because here's the thing, and, and I know a lot of times we, we revert to, well, gener- genetics, genetics, and mm-hmm. genetics do play a role. There's no they question do. about they it. Do. Uh, you know, for some people, they play a big role, but uh, lifestyle is a much more significant factor. Right. And nutrition is a big piece of that puzzle. So with that in mind, I wanted to share just a handful of eating habits to adopt that can up your chances of living longer and really help you live the active life that we're all striving for. Okay. I hope I'm going to like these habits. You, you'll like them. I, none of them are going to okay. be super big surprises to you. All right. But they're good to review because, um, you know, repetition is how we learn. That's and it's right. how we apply. So the first one, you're going to like this one. It's eat your fruits and vegetables. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. And I know you love fruits and vegetables, so that's good. I And I know that we also hear that a lot. We do. You know, it's that's not a secret. That's not a surprise. No. Uh, but we hear it a lot because it's true. And, uh, and it's good to be reminded that eating more produce is truly one of the most important and the most impactful habits that we can adopt. And, and guess what? What's that? Here's the sad thing. Americans, for the most part, are way off the mark when it comes to eating fruits and vegetables. Well, shame on them. I know. According to the Center for Disease Control, only one in 10 adults eats enough fruits and vegetables. One in 10. That's only 10%. That means I'm in the top 10% of my class. You are in the top 10% because I know you get your fruits and vegetables, and that's good. They found that just 9% hit the recommended two to three daily cups of vegetables, and 12% reach the daily target of one and a half to two cups of fruit. Wow. So we're, we're like, like I said, we're kind of way off base as Americans. Uh, a couple of other things to keep in mind. One study published in the British Medical Journal found that a higher consumption of fruits and vegetables is associated with a lower risk of mortality from all causes, but especially in the heart disease area. So we need to aim for at least five servings a day. More than that is fine. 
But in some research, the risk of death did not reduce further when you eat more. So no one is saying don't eat more fruits and vegetables. Right. Eat as many as you want. There's nothing wrong with eating fruits and vegetables. But there's no great advantage to eating more. There, some of the studies found that there wasn't this this big mm-hmm. advantage of eating more. Except but it tastes uh, good. But at least you got to get five. At least yes, five. But it tastes good. And it does taste good. Yeah, Especially right good. out of the garden. For sure. So here's how you do it. Jeff, you know how to do this. But just uh, for everyone else, this is how you do it. You want to build two cups of fruit and three cups of vegetables daily into your diet with one cup being about the size of a tennis ball. That's mm-hmm. kind of your, your point right. of reference. You want to get into a routine of building a cup of fruit into every breakfast. And then you want to have a fruit as a daily snack. And then you also want to incorporate one cup of vegetables into lunch and two at dinner, or you can combine them. If you make a smoothie, for example, with a handful of greens like spinach uh, and a cup of frozen berries, that gets you two for one right there. That's right. And uh, then you can also add fresh fruit like sliced apples or chopped mangoes to an entree, like in a salad or in a stir fry recipe. And here's the thing. It's possible to get five. And, it it, and, it's and not it, hard. it's not that hard, but you have to make the conscious decision. Right. If you just go about your daily routine and you don't have the habit of getting five fruits and vegetables, you're going to miss it. But if you make the conscious decision of today's the day I'm going to get my five, you're going to make it happen. You know, if we get science to just declare chocolate a vegetable or a fruit, <laughs> then, then there'd be no problem with everybody getting the five. Everybody would get their right. five fruits and vegetables, right? right? So I think you should start a campaign. I will. And just see how far you get. All you listeners out there, start writing a campaign to the federal government. <laughs> science. Dear science, we want chocolate to be a vegetable. That's right. Okay. Here's the next <laughs> one. It's not chocolate, unfortunately. But I think I think you'll like it. It's to, it's to go nuts for nuts. I do like nuts, too. Yeah. So nuts are a nutrition powerhouse. They provide healthful fat. They provide plant protein. They provide fiber and antioxidants, vitamins. They also provide key minerals like potassium and magnesium. And, and uh, one study that they did, they, this is a good one. They tracked over 7,000 men and women That's for big. nearly five years. So it's significant. Yep. And they asked the subjects to follow one of three diets mm-hmm. for five years. So the first diet was a Mediterranean diet supplemented with nuts. The, they asked the second group to follow the same diet supplemented with olive oil instead of nuts. And then they asked the third group to follow a low-fat diet. And they uh, you know, studied all these groups. Compared to the non-nut eaters, those who consumed more than three one-ounce servings of nuts per week had a 39% lower overall mortality risk. Wow. So nuts made a big difference there. In fact, over the course of the study, the nut eaters had the lowest total death risk. Wow. So you want to include nuts in your diet as well. And they taste good. And they do taste good as well. So here's how you put nuts in your diet. An ounce of nuts is about a quarter of a cup. But two tablespoons of nut butter also counts as a serving. So you can blend nut butter into your smoothie, put a, 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 a teaspoon or a, a spoonful of peanut butter or, or um, almond butter or something mm-hmm. like that in your smoothie. You can stir it into your oatmeal. You can use it as a dip for fresh fruit or celery. You can add nuts to salads. You can add nuts in your cooked vegetables or your stir fries. Or you can just eat them as they are. They're delicious. Well, you know, there's also, you could use coconut oil to make your popcorn and then you're getting. Eating nuts and vegetables. I'm not sure that they consider coconut oil. Well, it should be. <laughs> it says nut coconut. in the name. <laughs> I know, but I think they consider that an, another thing. I, I could be wrong, though, so don't, don't I, hold I, me to that. No. But in some of the research I've done, I think they're saying coconut is maybe not the same health it's, benefits as almonds or fruits, almonds or cashews or things like that. Mm. Um, crushed nuts make a good alternative to breadcrumbs to coat your fish. 
or to garnish your dishes like uh, cauliflower or lentil soup. And baking with nut flours can also be used in your pancakes. So lots of ways to get nuts into your diet. Um, I want to just go through these other ones really quickly. Uh, they recommend that we reduce our consumption of meat. Mm-hmm. Now, that one you probably don't like as much. No, I do like meat. You're right. Yeah, I do like meat as well. But they say we need to cut back on it. Researchers have discovered in the world five areas where people live the longest, healthiest lives, and they're from a diverse uh, geographic areas. They call them blue zones, and uh, they include Okinawa, Japan, and Ikaria, Greece, and then some other places. One commonality that they share is that they tend to consume more plant-based foods. Beans and lentils are the cornerstones of these diets, and meat is eaten on average about five times per month, which is about once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is more than I like to consume meat. I, I, or excuse Less. me, I like to consume meat more yes. often than that, obviously. But to reap the benefits, you should swap out the meat in your meals for beans, lentils, peas, or chickpeas. You might opt for a lentil or a black bean soup on the side of your salad instead of adding chicken to your salad. That's how you get your protein. So ways that you can uh, reduce the meat. And then finally, you want to eat like a Mediterranean. The Mediterranean diet remains the gold standard For living longer and more healthfully, uh, the Mediterranean diet, just as a review, is basically a high intake of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, beans and lentils, healthful fats from nuts, olive oil, and avocados, and then they include herbs and spices along with seafood a few times a week. Moderate consumption of dairy, eggs, and wine are also included in the Mediterranean diet, and a limited intake of meats and sweets. Yeah, but see, who wants to live a long time if you don't eat meats and sweets? <laughs> that's, that's a question. Worth, worth, worth that's a question that's worth, worth asking, right? Yep. So uh, as far as what not to do, it's this, the usual suspects, the things that you would expect. Don't overeat or consume too much sugar, processed foods, meat, or alcohol. You could reach for an apple with almond butter in place of a processed cookie. You could replace your soda with just good old-fashioned water, which is maybe the best way to go anyway. Yep. In other words, focus on what you eat and you'll naturally curb your intake of foods to avoid. And uh, that's important because longevity, for longevity, consistency is key. And uh, in the long haul, you want to make sure that you're doing good things for a long time. That's and right. that's how you get the benefits from them. So, Jeff, today's guest is Lance Lawler. He's a full-time chiropractor who, uh, listen to this, he spent a lot of his time uh, in his younger years as a professional mountain biker. And did he adjust himself when he when he crashed? I don't know. I'll have to ask him that. He didn't stop there with mountain biking, though. More recently, he's competed and placed ninth in the nation in the 2016 CrossFit Games. That's impressive. In the 59 to 50, 55 to 59 age group. So he's still active out there. And Lance is joining us by phone from Redding, California. Lance, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, you guys. Hey, that information you guys were just discussing earlier was awesome. I, I appreciate that, that perspective. Yeah, people need to hear that information. It's Thank good you. stuff, right? And, and I think it's achievable stuff, right? Oh, totally, totally. For, as a healthcare provider, yeah, I, you know, I promote that daily in, in my practice, and it's just we just got to keep encouraging people to you know, make those small changes. Friendly reminder, small changes. It doesn't have to be this massive, massive thing, but just add a fruit or vegetable here or there, grab some nuts instead of a candy bar, just a few simple things that we can do that ultimately will make a big difference. Not, not, not even considering, you know, staying active and getting some exercise and getting out on a trail or for a hike or taking a bike ride sometime, all those things together, a little at a time, I think makes the big difference. Would you agree? Absolutely. Totally. 
Awesome. Lance, we're excited to get to know you a little bit better. I, I, I alluded to the idea that you've raced mountain biking professionally. I want to hear just a little bit about that. How does one become a professional mountain biker? Well, it, my story was somewhat unconventional. Um, I uh, grew up racing motocross, racing dirt bikes as a, as a young teen. And so um, as I started uh, into college, um, you, can, you know, it's a little expensive sport to try to do that and uh, still go to college. Sure. So basic, you know, starving college students. So uh, mountain biking was, this was in the, uh, in the mid-80s, mountain biking was starting to become somewhat of a popular activity. Um, so I just, I just got a mountain bike, you know, because I couldn't really afford a dirt bike, a motorcycle and, and just took up the sport just kind of to satisfy my need to, you know, ride on something with two wheels and get, get, get had a little no dirty if you zero can. intention. I had no cross country, no aerobic background other than what you get from racing a dirt bike, but just did it just to kind of keep me occupied, you know, to satisfy that until I was done with school and so, and then it just kind of took off from there. Um, I ended up, uh, when I started chiropractic college, I, I raced, I raced a few races before starting school. And, uh, my very first race was the most humiliating thing experience of my life. Uh, <laughs> the race was titled the Whiskey Town Downhill out here in, in Northern California in Reading. Well, when you hear the word downhill, I'm like, oh, I've been on a bike for a month. <laughs> a friend of mine said, hey, you should do this race. It's a, it's a downhill race. I show up. I don't have any idea that it's a 35-mile cross-country race. I'm thinking it's all <laughs> downhill. They, they bike. They, they, they uh, uh, take us up in a shuttle to the top of one of the mountain uh, 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 ranges here in town or outside of town. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then, you know, realizing that it was all downhill, all uh, that was the longest fed. day of my life. <laughs> so I, I was just absolutely amazed, though, on how fast the best guys could cover that type of mountainous terrain with human power. I was this, ever just, I couldn't believe it. I was, at one point, I think I became a volunteer for a while, and then back in the race, because it took me so long to get through that event. <laughs> so that was kind of my introduction into it, and I just... It kept riding for unknown reasons, um, and then that's you know that that was my start. So my start wasn't like I was already groomed for for aerobic activity. It was just I stumbled into it, you know, as a as a go between before I got out of school again and could get another motorcycle. But then you built yourself up to it and and became quite successful at it. So so that's how you kind of got into the sport of mountain biking. How did you make the jump from? This guy who, who, you know, as you just admitted, didn't know a lot about the sport, uh, including, you know, some of the terminology of what the races are called and so forth, right. uh, to the guy who's like now doing this as a professional athlete. What, what, how did you make that jump? Well, I just had some incredible good luck, to be honest. You know, I, I, growing up as a kid, I really, my, my dream was to be a professional motocross racer. I mean, I just thought, what a great, I just love the sport, but I just really, I was a decent rider, but I really didn't have, I think, what it took to get to that next level. I mean, I was always kind of a cautious person by nature, yeah. I guess. And so, uh, but as I'm, as, uh, as luck would have it, um, when I was in chiropractic college, one of my uh, fellow students knew a gentleman by the name of Don Myra. And Don, at that time, was very, an up-and-coming uh, mountain bike racer, and he lived in the same town where the chiropractic college was. So I... I basically talked the uh, my buddy into giving me his phone number, and well, he but my my buddy's like 
dude, he is not going to, he's not going to go riding with you. This, this guy's a pro. <laughs> this guy makes his living. And I was, I just ride kind of, I was training, but I didn't really race. And I certainly wasn't anywhere close to his level. So he just said, he won't ride with you. And I'm like, well, just give me his number. I'm going to see what he says. So I show up, you know, he agrees, you know, to go ride with me and, Come to find out later, that was the first time he'd ever agreed to go with someone. He had no idea what their background was of cycling. And I was fairly pretty persistent, I guess, because I knew <laughs> that the best to get good, you got you you to train with, with people that are better than you. And Absolutely. You find the best person, and he was the best person in the, in the area. And so we meet, I show up. I show up on a bike that looked like he should be going to the grocery store on. Uh, he, he, I'm not kidding. The look on his face was like he would just look at dismay when we went riding, and, I, and it turned out uh, I was in better shape than what my bike uh, depicted. Huh? And he then we became fast friends after that. And he took me under his wing. He actually became a patient when I was in chiropractic college, uh, you know, during my senior year there as an intern. And uh, he literally just, you know, and he happened, I met him in 89, the very first part of 89. He ends up winning the world championships in 89. And so, uh, and so, you know, he had a high profile. He opened a lot of doors for me to get a sponsorship. And, um, and that's really how I got going with it. And basically what happened was he, um, he got uh, Klein Mountain Bikes was uh, a company that was uh, was working with Campagnolo, a, a, a bike component manufacturer, who was one of Don's main sponsors, and so he's, they, he connected me with a part, a temporary ride based on my performance in the early season races in 1990. So I Don laid me out with a training program. I graduated chiropractic college in June of '89. Uh, I trained all that year, all that winter. Had one pair of shoes. And with holes in them, I had a newborn daughter and a part-time job, and I'm out there putting wet shoes on every day because I don't have any other shoes. And I, don't have a, I don't have a fireplace to dry my shoes off, but I put those <laughs> wet shoes on with a huge smile on my face every day. And long story short, the first big race of the year is out here in, in Reading. It's called the Lemurian Classic. It was basically a national caliber race. I mean, John Tomac and all the best guys in the, in the nation would show up for the event, and uh, as luck would have it, I, I won that event that day. Don was there, everybody was there, and I won. And I, it uh, that I just really I, put me on the map, obviously, because rookies just don't typically win mountain bike races. I mean, it's just you've got to put some time in as yeah. an aerobic athlete. Um, so my life changed dramatically <laughs> after that day. And so, you know, the rest, I just kept I kept training and racing with Don and uh, went through the whole season. Um uh, the one shortcoming for me at the end of the year at the at the official world championships in uh, Durango, Colorado, uh, two days before, about two days, I think, before the cross-country event, one in which I was kind of an outside potential dark horse to potentially win. Front wheel fell off my bike, and I crashed and broke my neck. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that was, that was uh, devastating, obviously, an injury like that, but... You know, I I just so put heart and soul into that to that season, and to have it kind of in like that was you know more than just a little disappointing. Um, I did come back for two more the next two years. I was very fortunate. I didn't you know didn't suffer any real serious permanent problems. Some, but not too bad. But once that level of a to to compete at that level, you got to have all eight cylinders hit right, perfect. Right. I mean, if you know you can't have a little edge off. And and the irony with that is the downhill was kind of my strength from my motocross racing background. 
And so when I lost a little bit at that edge, you know, you're just tentative with that kind of Absolutely, injury. Absolutely, yeah. And I raced two more years, but, you know, I wasn't really at the same competitive level. So that's when I started my chiropractic career after that. I see, I see. You're listening to the Husband World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with lifelong competitive athlete Lance Lawler, uh, just talking about some of his mountain bike experiences. Obviously, uh, you moved on with your life to do other things uh, professionally, but you stayed active, right? Yeah, yeah. I would, you know, I'd kind of ride my bike a little bit here and there, and then, you know, I, I did, to be honest, it took kind of a hiatus from any kind of exercise for a reasonable length of time, you know, building my chiropractic practice and and things of that nature. So I, you know, I would exercise here and there. I mean, took up golf for a little while. I thought, oh, I'm going to be a, gonna be a, maybe I could be a pro golfer. <laughs> I mean, that was always my mindset. <laughs> Whatever I want to do, I want to be, try to be good at it, you professional know. Professional athlete, but, right? I realized, <laughs> what's that? I said, you want to be a professional athlete. It doesn't matter what sport it is. You just want to be a professional exactly. athlete. Exactly. <laughs> and once you taste that, once you feel that, you're like, you think anything's possible with, with enough work, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, but then I, 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 I got into, uh, I got into CrossFit probably in about, I think about 2009. And that was just something that, uh, was, we stumbled into that too. When I say we, my daughter and I started it together. She was, had done gymnastics up until she's about 13 or 14. Then we needed, you know, something else to do that yeah. I wanted her to get into some other activity that she was no longer really wanted to do gymnastics, but something to stay active. I went, well, when I think it's important for kids to be active, and so a friend of ours was, had just joined CrossFit, so we gave it a try, and uh, man, it just really matched up. I really liked the idea of it. I didn't know anything about it in the beginning, but it was just a very, I liked the varied nature of it, and the, kind of the competitive component, and uh, also it really worked out good for my daughter. She ended up getting involved in the Olympic weightlifting side, and ended up uh, becoming the, the, the 2000, I guess, uh, 14 junior national champion, trained at the Olympic Training Center. So she got some great experiences through that with that. And so we, and we got to go to work out together, which is so awesome. I mean, working out my, with my daughter on a weekly basis was such a gift. Sounds just, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And so, yeah, and I just, I just kept, and I did this, the, the sport just kind of started growing and, course my competitive side started coming around and so i attempted to say i would take this a little farther and ended up making the games in 2016 wow so uh believe it or not we're we're running a little short on time here um we're gonna need to have you back and and get into this uh crossfit experience a little bit more but we've got about a minute and a half what what's something that you've learned from being a competitive athlete that you can just apply in your life that you'd like to share well, I think, you know, just understanding that, you know, as they say, that journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You, you can't get discouraged. You just got to make, be willing to make little gains. And at a professional level, once you get to a certain level, that's all you can get is, is make small gains. And if you just use that as small little victories, you keep working on that, and you're going to turn around, and you're going to see how far you've made it. And so you just don't want to get discouraged by not making big gains. And just start small. Just start with something simple. And it will build. I mean, I, I know that for a fact, and that's influenced my life to this day now. I just, I just use it, I frame everything I do in that, that kind of uh, mindset. I, I love that, and I love it because it's so applicable regardless of the level that you're at. If you're just barely starting out, just getting off the couch, it's the same story. You've got to celebrate the small gains. You've got to celebrate the little things that happen in your life. And then, like you said, Lance, if you're a elite athlete at the at the highest level that you can possibly be, you're not going to, you know, 
cut cut your time in half. Like that's just not going to happen, right? So you celebrate those. Not at all. You, ce- <laughs> you celebrate those little victories. That's fantastic, Lance. Again, we we're just grateful that you could join us, and we need to have you back where we can dig a little bit deeper into some of these CrossFit experiences and other things that you've done in your life. But thank you for joining us. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, guys. It was it was awesome. I, I like what you guys are doing. This is great. Wonderful. So, Jeff. Yes. The games are over. They are. As we well know. Uh, if you'd like to see the results, we're posting them at SeniorGames.net as quickly as we can. Including the mountain bike results. Including the mountain bike results. Uh, for those who have competed, that's a kind of a validation of the work that they've put in. That's for those right. who have not yet taken the opportunity, it gives you an idea of where the competition is at and set, set some goals to work right. towards. If you're planning ahead, and why not plan ahead? You might as well plan might ahead. Might as well. The dates of the, 20, of the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th, and uh, we'd like to uh, invite you to set that as a goal. You know, she's seen the, the 2020 games should end on the 20th, 2020. It seems like they should, but, but they the, don't. The no, it'll be the 17th. <laughs> <something>. <laughs> Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And, of course, as always, you can subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you subscribe, give us a rating, write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. You can also find this and previous shows right on our website. Once again, that is SeniorGames.net. So check that out. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I like this one. Strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. Boys, that the truth. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. <laughs>